Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Thanks for listening to the Best Of Heard Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go on a Friday live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening or watching. Thanks for making us part of your Friday, J-Mac. J-Mac, the Dukies look sensational. Arizona did not. You liked Arizona. Listen, I didn't like them. Our group, the numbers came out. Arizona has a great idea for a run. The path was clear, and they just (laughs) choked. Epic choke job. By the way, Princeton... Princeton didn't even play particularly they well. They shot like 16% from three. Just an unbelievably bad job by Arizona. If St. Mary's goes down today, I may call in sick and, and run for cover in another country. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I got my dookies, though. We'll talk about that. So the lead story today, the Dallas Cowboys have released Ezekiel Elliott. He's the star running back for years and years and years. It's interesting. For a four-year period, the Cowboys' centerpiece on offense was Zeke. For the last four years, the Titans' centerpiece has been Derrick Henry. For three years, the Panthers' centerpiece was Christian McCaffrey. For six to seven years, the Vikings' centerpiece was Adrian Peterson, arguably as talented a running back as we have had in a long time. 16 years of dominance from the run game, zero Super Bowls, and just two conference championships. Both losses. You don't get much of a payoff when you make your big bet, and the Cowboys did on a running back. And it doesn't last very long to begin with. Brady could still come back and play again. The last three Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 28th in rushing. The LA Rams, 25th. The Kansas City Chiefs, 20th. Dallas made the wrong bet. 
Jerry Jones thought he could replace Bill Parcells, replaced Jimmy with Barry Switzer, and made a big bet, $90 million two years early to Zeke. The last team to win a Super Bowl that led the NFL in rushing was the 85 Chicago Bears. And let's be honest, that defense won the championship. All due respect, the best running back I've ever seen, sweetness Walter Payton. If you're a fan of an NFL team and you're screaming for your team to sign your running back to another contract, New York Giants, you've got the wrong quarterback. Quarterbacks lead you to Super Bowls, not run games. You can have one just like you can have a nice yard. It's not selling the home. The kitchen is, the structure is, the neighborhood, the location is, the bedrooms, the bathrooms. Yards are nice, and running backs are nice too. But Dallas made the wrong bet for three and a half years. And you could say, Colin, Christian McCaffrey, 49ers, eh? Actually, that's the greatest example to prove my point. When did their offense officially die? When seventh-round rookie quarterback Brock Purdy got hurt. They won before Christian McCaffrey got there. They scored on plenty of drives that Christian McCaffrey didn't lead them. But it was when this seventh-round un known quarterback Iowa State got hurt against Philadelphia McCaffrey was still there the offense dried up no running backs taken in last year's first round there's a possibility there'll be no running backs taken in this round the NFL is all about making bets who to pay big who to pay early Patrick Mahomes pay him early Joe Burrow pay him early Lamar Jackson Maybe not pay him, but paying big money to running backs, second contracts, making them the centerpiece of your offense has very little chance of leading you to a championship. And even if he's good, it won't last very long. Once again, Jerry Jones simply made the wrong bet. Great businessman, not so great at helping run an NFL franchise. So I saw this story. Um, Mythology is a powerful thing. Happens to politicians, happen to sports stars. Michael Jordan in talks to sell his stake, majority stake, in the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I would say this. I was as big a fan as anybody of Michael Jordan. But lost in all of this, in the highlight culture, you never see Michael's misses. It should be noted, he didn't win squat before Scottie Pippen. He just scored a lot and alienated teammates. He failed in baseball. He failed badly with the Wizards. He failed with the Hornets. Michael Jordan, take away David Stern, Phil Knight, and Phil Jackson, is a really, really talented basketball player that probably ends up averaging more points without the titles. Great players often make terrible coaches and terrible executives, and we now know bad owners. Because what made Michael Jordan great was words like relentless and confrontational and demanding and impatient. And what makes Phil Jackson a great coach is understanding, flexibility, zen, mentoring, elevating others, patient. MJ, he's still trying to settle scores. Still giving access for the documentary after LeBron won a title in Cleveland, and many of us subscribed to the theory that now the greatest of all time was LeBron James. 
Michael is still incredibly motivated to elevate Michael's net worth, his brand, his shoe apparel, wildly competitive. But the best owners and the best coaches and the best executives are about elevating others. Michael is great at elevating Michael. Even his friends, they're valet guys, golf buddies, third-tier players. Michael takes care of them. They create a shield for Michael. For all the mythology, and he's as good a basketball player as I've ever seen, he failed at baseball. He failed at owning a team. He was bad with the Wizards. And all he did was score points and alienate people when he got to Chicago. Even Michael needed leadership. Stern, Phil Knight, Phil Jackson, and for the record, not a lot of playoff wins without Scottie Pepin. Everybody, everybody needs an assist. Everybody can't live on an island. Even the great Michael Jordan, who's done a poor job of owning and running and drafting the Hornets. Because what made him great as a player has made him a bit of a disaster with Charlotte. Selfish, impatient, too demanding, not understanding that not everybody has a 44-inch vertical, big hands, and an unrelenting drive. Love Michael to this day. But LeBron, that's where these two aren't remotely close. LeBron, everybody that plays with him, everybody is better. He even worked with an old, crazy J.R. Smith. He made Kyrie work. Kyrie hasn't worked with anybody. He couldn't work in Boston, didn't do squat at Duke, was a disaster in Cleveland. Brooklyn was a tire fire. How's it working in Dallas? LeBron worked with Kyrie. You can compare these two all you want. They're different people. They have different games. But LeBron's personality has become his game. And Michael's personality has become his brand. This thing was destined to fail. All right. Duke's going to win this thing. I'm getting very excited. Yesterday, I was torn by, told by J-Mac to keep your eye on Oral Roberts. I did for five <laughs> minutes, and the game was over. Um, you know, it, it is interesting with Duke to have such this clean, academic. Think about this. In the history of American teams, brands, Duke is a runaway number one. In 40 years, 40 years, one losing season, and that was the year they got off to a 9-3 and three start, and Mike Krzyzewski had back surgery. Literally couldn't move up and down the sideline. That is the only time in 40 years they've had a losing season. Think about the second biggest brand in college basketball, probably Kentucky. Chaos, multiple coaches, major violations, a lot of ego, underachieving. There is no sport in America where the number two is further away than the number one than college basketball. Well, North Carolina and UCLA have, have cases, but I think you're probably right. The gap between Duke and number two is enormous. Now, I didn't like Oral Roberts yesterday, Colin. The market was all over Oral Roberts. The line opened at eight. It closed at six. Two points is a big swing. The market is undervaluing Duke because they struggled a bunch to start the season with four freshmen, and the numbers for the full season are not great for Duke. But I think you're on to something. This is it. I mean, they were up 14 nothing after like the first five minutes. Also, look at how hard it's been for Duke to often pivot to the next coach. A lot of failures. John Shire takes over for Coach K. That yeah. was Coach K's choice. Seamless. Absolutely seamless. They keep it in the family. 
Uh, I'm supposed to talk to Jay Billis on Sunday. I'm excited about that because this has been Duke from no major violations, seamless transition, one losing season in 40 years, in, by the way, most years, the toughest conference for college basketball for a large portion. I'm not sure now if it is, but it certainly was for also part of the greatest American college rivalry. Carolina Duke remains Ohio State, Michigan, the two biggest rivalries in college sports. So Duke, Tennessee on Saturday Mm. is the game. This is how rough it is for the NCAA tournament. Do you know what the standalone game is to start Saturday NCAA tournament? It's nationwide game for everybody. Furman against San Diego State. Everybody, that's the standalone game. Like, everybody always wants the upset, but then you're stuck with Furman. What you want is a couple of eight, nine upsets, an occasional five, 12. You want the one, two, three, and fours to win. It's good for ratings. They have huge fan bases. Also, do you really want a Duke, an Arizona, a UCLA, a Kentucky? You really want to bounce first weekend? Those are big brands that everybody's got an emotional, historic connection to. How about Kansas, Arkansas Saturday? Telling you right now, give me give me Arkansas on the money line on that one. Now, listen, that's not an Arizona call. This is Arkansas. That'll be a good game. In the history of Arizona basketball, and I say this with respect, they've broken a lot of hearts. Yeah. Tucson is a great college basketball mecca. Yeah. Even the great Lute Olson. Did you see Gronkowski's reaction? Uh, he was like walking at some yeah. event, and the fans were like, Arizona lost. He turns, he's like, what? Like floored. That was, that was a shocking development in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You know, if Arizona was a bar, you know why it would go out of business? Because it's always one and done. <laughs> I think I heard. Oh, wow. Look at you. Heard that years Jokes ago. are flying on a Friday morning. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It is interesting. If you've had any sustained success, people eventually hate you. It could be Steph. It could be the Yankees. It could be Alabama football. It was the New England Patriots. They'll find ways, make-believe ways to hate you. I don't understand why anybody has disdain for Duke, unless you're Carolina and you're a primary rival, or you're Kentucky and you're jealous. But uh, no major violations, academically superior, um, one losing season. You could almost take a COVID year and the Mike Krzyzewski back surgery year. You could take those out. Uh, I don't know what there, what there is to dislike about Duke. I mean, they've had the occasional player, Christian Leitner, who I covered. Uh, people found him unlikable. I, I didn't. Uh, you know, J.J. Redick irritated some. Doesn't irritate me. Grayson Allen drove me nuts, but everybody's got a player or two in the history of their program that drives you nuts. Um, I I just think Duke's likable, smart. Their NBA players are smart. They're not always great, but they don't get into a lot of trouble. Uh, They're good citizens, and uh, I don't know. I'm rooting for Duke. Even when I covered UNLV, if UNLV didn't win, I wanted to see Duke win. Uh, So Aaron Rodgers is not officially a Jet yet. It is interesting, and I think it's kind of being downplayed that Aaron Rodgers did admit that he was 90% retired when he went into the retreat, came out and said, I'll be a Jet. If you were 90% anything, that's what you're eventually going to do really quickly. So I don't assume he's going to play long for the Jets. But it is interesting, had he retired, what would his legacy be? Because not all great quarterbacks age well. Joe Namath, a great example. Far more interceptions than touchdowns. Losing record. Iconic, but nobody really thinks he's an all-time great. They did at the time. Uh, Brett Favre, not very redeemable lately. Off the field. A turnover machine. Even though he had great offensive coaches. He was more iconic than amazing gunslinger. Feels like, you know, the John Wayne of acting. It's sort of outdated. Steve Young, by the way, has aged well. Many believe now, probably correctly, the great runner, the great thrower. Eventually, he would have been even greater had he not had to sit behind Joe Montana for years. What if Aaron retired? I think much like his personality, it would be complicated. Um, Efficiency, A+. Arm, excellent but underachieving in the playoffs and difficult, aloof and prickly. That's fair. That's an incredibly fair thing to say. Very complicated. Brady was very clean. His resume is clean. The GOAT in New England, Super Bowl in Tampa, huge deal at Fox Sports. Peyton Manning, clean. Super Bowl in Indy, iconic Super Bowl in Denver, massive success, lots of fun stuff off the field. John Elway, retired, multiple Super Bowls, iconic, big business success. Now golf's a lot. But Aaron reminds me a lot of Big Ben. That's what I think about. That's how we don't talk Big Ben since he left. A lot of it's his own doing. Think about Big Ben and Aaron Rodgers, the similarities. You're left with holes and underachievement and lots of drama. And what are the three things they have in common? Both only semi-committed in the offseason. Like there were big jokes about Big Ben. He disappeared in the offseason. Aaron Rodgers now disappears in the offseason. Both struggled with young teammates. Aaron this year, great example. Big Ben, his entire career, young skill players. He struggled. They took the attention away from him. And Big Ben and Aaron, offseasons, life, you can see him retiring, playing golf with a handful of close friends. 
And that's it. But I think it's complicated, his legacy, much as Aaron Rodgers is complicated. First ballot Hall of Famer, excellent arm, unique style, terrific career, but prickly, can be difficult to coach, demanded transparency, yet gave teammates, coaches, and the Packers very little of it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. If I said, what are the biggest brands in American sports? Uh, Nike, NFL, Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, Notre Dame football, uh, Lakers, uh, Green Bay Packers. Is, is Duke the number one collegiate brand in America? Just think about it. I mean, the biggest brand yet, Nike's one of the biggest sports brands in the country. The NFL, the Shield is one of the biggest brands. Then there's like Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Yankees, I think classify. Celtics have not won enough titles in the last 25 years, it feels like. Uh, Lakers have. So I think Lakers also is a more uh, a glitzy, flashy brand. Um, there's a bunch of college football brands that are popular, but to me... They're all kind of close. Notre Dame, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State. They all kind of feel close. Like it feels like Duke here and then like seven, eight programs, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, are a notch below it. I, 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 to me, Duke has had one losing season in 40 years and there was an excuse for it, Mike Krzyzewski's back surgery. I just don't. But, but again, uh, I haven't won in the tournament, not because I think they're a great team. I think they're an improving, ascending team with really good players, and I think that's good enough to win the championship. Now, I I didn't think Kansas was a great team. They were an ascending team with a couple of NBA bodies. That's good enough now in college basketball to win a championship. So are you playing well? Are you ascending? Are you athletic? Do you have a couple of two, three NBA bodies? And Duke checks those boxes. So, uh, I, but I covered them years and years ago when I was covering UNLV, Stacey Ogman, Larry Johnson, Tark. And I, you know, I, I like the teams I cover. You have relationships, but I, Duke was my second favorite team. I love dealing with coach K. I thought they were classy and smart and academic and their NBA guys. Arnold was great, but they're mostly really good guys. And uh, I think over time, sustain success equals animosity. And people can say, well, there was this, this, this. Kentucky's number two, in my opinion, Kansas, Kentucky, Carolina. And it just feels like there's a big, big drop-off. It's like Pittsburgh and Duke, they just don't fire coaches, right? It's constant, solid basketball, football tradition. The difference is the Steelers haven't given you in the last 15 years the big payoff at the end of the season. If Duke can win, transitioning, to John Shire, I mean, that that is really something. It is. It's different. I mean, because of back, college basketball is such a one-and-done culture that it's not like if Nick Saban left, you could see somebody coming in, a Bill O'Brien or a Sark or whatever, taking all of Nick's momentum and his players and his culture and winning a national championship. You, you could see that happening. But in basketball, because there's such a high rate of turnover, when Coach K leaves, the players are gone. You don't, you don't, you don't have much you inherit. One or two players, but it's this whole sport is now just one and done transfer portal. If you could go Coach K to Shire in a championship, I mean that that speaks to the culture, uh, the focus, uh, the tradition, the momentum, the intelligence of that basketball program. That is hard. Hard to do in college basketball. Like they always say in baseball, 
Uh, momentum is tomorrow's starting pitcher. That's kind of what it is in college basketball now. If Calipari left Kentucky next year, they'd lose six of their players to the NBA. Calipari's gone. They'd have all new players, all new coaches. I mean, it, it's just college basketball is so transactional and so transitional right now as a sport. I think the Duke story is unbelievable how well they're playing now. Yeah, part of the argument against them was that this is, you know, because of the COVID year, there's a lot of fifth-year seniors, a lot of 22, 23-year-olds, right. and Duke's got like 19-year-olds in right. the starting lineup. That's a huge gap at that age. However, we're talking about 19-year-olds who are going to be in the NBA next year. They, right. Their sixth man comes off and just buries two threes, and you're like, He's a six eight sixth man who's going to be in the NBA next year, and the seven footer uh, lively. Uh, I think he's lively. Stand in the lane, just swatting everything. Yeah, the kid Filipkowski, unbelievable. This team is pretty loaded, and I love their point guard Jeremy Roach. Yeah, he was there last year. Yeah, he he's, was there he's, last. he's probably a second round NBA guy. He was, you know, I mean, obviously the best rookie in the NBA this year is a Duke guy. Oh, Paolo, yeah, he's yeah, very good. So it's it's just a it's a really cool American tradition that has had for forty years no dips. Yeah, and by the way, they've also had one of the great programs in the country down the road, so it's like not easy. Yeah, it's not by like the they, way, yeah. those guys down the road. Um, I think they missed the tournament. UNC, mm, yeah, they're out of it not this year. That's take right. Take any shots. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So there's the Aaron Rodgers drama, and then there's the Lamar Jackson drama. Yesterday, he can go now and try to get options and offers from other teams. I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him, but it is interesting. I looked it up this morning. I went and got the last 34 starts. That's two full seasons for Lamar Jackson. So we've talked a lot about games he's missed. Well, let's talk about games he's played. In his last 34 starts, he's 22-12, and 12, about a 70% winning percentage, 61 total touchdowns, almost two touchdowns a game you get, 91.5 passer rating, and completing 64% of his throws. In a division with Joe Burrow, I, I think I would bring him back. But I, I was talking about this this morning, is, and I, I saw a story where Washington's bringing in Jacoby Brissett to compete with Sam Howell. And that was one of the teams I thought should pursue Lamar Jackson. Washington is treating it like it's the 80s, like it's the 70s, like you can win with that. And so for the radio audience, this is too many names. But for the television audience, put the NFL head coaches on the screen. Offensive guys, about two-thirds of the coaches are offensive guys. Let's concentrate on the defensive guys. And let's run through the defensive guys. Jonathan Gannon, Arizona. Uh, wasn't the first choice, no idea. John Harbaugh, not an offensive coach. I believe if he was an offensive coach, they would re-sign Lamar Jackson. But he may believe, and he may spread this gospel to the front office, we can win a lot of games without a great quarterback. Sean McDermott. I thought Josh Allen regressed this year. I thought the game at home against Cincinnati in the playoffs was embarrassing. Matt Eberflus, fourth place, offense is a wreck. Brandon Staley, despite excellent offensive weapons, they were one of the bottom three offenses in the NFL in the second half. Bill Belichick, 
defensive coordinator was given the offensive coordinator job. Dennis Allen, major offensive regression since he took the job and Sean Payton left. Robert Sala, fourth place, team couldn't score touchdowns in the last month. Mike Tomlin, good, not great, missed the playoffs. Pete Carroll, re-signed Geno Smith and Drew Locke. In 2023, really? Todd Bowles, offense is a mess. Mike Vrabel, love him, but it's regressed. Ron Rivera thinks Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell's the answer. Anybody else notice this? Sean McVay and Andy Reid had good quarterbacks. Alex Smith was making Pro Bowls. Goff got to the Super Bowl. They upgraded from good quarterbacks to better quarterbacks. Look at those defensive coaches. I think part of this is I think if McVay or an Andy Reid or a Sean Payton coached Baltimore, they would be creating a sense of urgency. This guy is 22-12 and 12 in his last 34 starts. He's a 92 passer rating, 64% completion percentage, two touchdown a game performer. Now, the injuries and mom as an agent makes this really clouded and unorthodox and more difficult. But I, I just see these headlines and do these defensive coaches, do they understand how it's pivoted? When Bill Belichick goes out and signs Juju Smith-Schuster to a three-year contract, Andy Reid, one and done, see you, pal. That tells you somebody's tone deaf and somebody against the current culture. So I, I, I – the Lamar Jackson thing is fan fascinating. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he peaked. Maybe it's over. Um, and I will give Robert Sala credit for the Jets. You know, he's banging that table. We got it. They bailed on Zach Wilson very quickly. They should have. Uh, Mike White, let him go. You know, Aaron Rodgers one. Maybe Lamar Jackson's two. There's a lot of people um, with Baltimore ties inside the Jets building. So that's something you got to watch for. It is interesting with Aaron Rodgers. He said he was 90% retired. He still could. Because as the, the Packers have the leverage here, they keep pushing back. We want first-round picks. Initially, Tom Pelissero reported it's not first-round picks. Mike Florio reporting now it is first-round picks. So believe who you want. Um, obviously, compensation is the big holdup, and the Jets don't have the leverage. They don't have a quarterback. So, I mean, J-Mac, you're a big Jets fan today. You got to take Aaron or Lamar. Let's just say it's an Aaron issue. Just think about this. So, do you? I, I tend to believe what, what the Packers are doing now is like they didn't have leverage for years with Aaron, right? And they were kind of timid and very cautious. Leroy Butler came on the show yesterday and said, finally, they pushed back. But what's interesting now is they have leverage and what they're – I wonder if they're in the recesses of their mind, they're thinking, listen, we heard Aaron say on that show, on the YouTube show, I was 90% retired. So is Green Bay thinking, I'm going to use that against Aaron? Push, delay. But what if Aaron just says, I'm out, I'm done? Okay. If you're 90% retired and you don't have a new job yet, though it's close, and it gets frustrating, would you consider just walking away? So, this is a tough one because uh, something you just said just stuck in my head. So, the Jets 
um, GM Joe Douglas and the assistant GM both spent a lot of time in Baltimore. Yes. Okay. You also said, and I think everybody would agree, I don't totally, but that the Packers have leverage. So how can the Jets grab back the leverage? How do they gain it back? Well, I would run over to one of these reporters, Glazer, Schefter, Rappaport. Hey, Jets have a deep, the front Jets front office is deep knowledge of the Ravens. They like Lamar Jackson. They know his work ethic, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the Jets have another option, right? Because right now they have no options. You're saying it's Zach Wilson. Why aren't they creating that they have another option with Lamar Jackson? Is it because the front office knows something about Lamar and does not want to get in the Lamar Jackson business? Because that's the easy way to gain back leverage. Hey, we really want Aaron Rodgers. Oh, by the way, this Lamar Jackson guy who's 13 years younger than him, won an MVP recently. Um, yeah, he's available. We'll make a play for him. Why are they not making a move on Lamar Jackson? Give me the answer. I think they believe um, they'd rather make a two-year bet with Aaron Rodgers instead of a four-year bet with injury-prone Lamar in their world. Because if you make a bet with Lamar, more of it is guaranteed. Injury-prone, are we sure? Well, I'm, I'm just, just saying the last, the last two 22 starts, he's missed 40% of them, 10 of them. So last okay. 22 Raven games, he's missed 10. So it's something. Okay, but time out. Remember, late in the season, Schefter reported he was going to be coming back like Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas. And then he just never came back. Is that about the contract or was the injury that serious? Either one we, I don't like. I don't like either answer. Okay. That's fair. I mean, they I were mean, in the me, playoff hunt. He threw a tantrum. Okay, let me, let me ask you, if you're Baltimore you do, and you, the Jets make a move on him, they have the 15th pick. That, that's not bad. But, like, what, are you just letting Lamar Jackson walk out the door? Are you going to make a move and get him? Because uh, guess what? There's a chance, Peter King said, he don't want to play for that $32 million non-exclusive. No, he doesn't. So my takeaway is, I, would I move him for a first-round pick? I would sign Lamar. I think he's really exceptional. So I don't, he, I don't, who? The, another team or the Ravens? No, I, if I was the Ravens, I would sign him. In a division with Joe Burrow. Well, they, they tried, though. Well, they've he's made like, their first offer, and if, if there is a market. The question is, if there's a market for Lamar, then he's going to get $175 million or something thereabouts, and he'll be happier. But what if he doesn't get a market? And for the record, it's drying up. I, Are listen, the Jets the last team? Atlanta I just wish and the we Jets. Could hear what he wants because you're saying 175 million. That sounds great. Would you do three years? The number I keep hearing is right. The exclusive tag is somewhere in the 45, 50 mil, right? Somewhere in that range. Right. So say fine. We'll guarantee you three years at 150 mil. That's three years, 50, 50, 50, and when you turn like 29 and a half, 30, you'll come back for another bite at the apple and another contract. Would Lamar Jackson do that? I don't know. He doesn't talk. That's the problem. We have no idea what he wants. So go pivot back to Aaron Rodgers today. So Aaron says, I think talking on the YouTube hurt him a little. He basically told you I was going to retire. Well, Green Bay now has that as knowledge. So Green Bay is like, we're really, I'm not saying they're tormenting him. But their takeaway is, we're in no hurry. The way the bonus sets up, we can pay it in September. So Green Bay now can kind of toy with Aaron. And I do think in the building, there's a little animosity toward him. I mean, let's be honest. He came out of that retreat and said he was surprised they moved off him. But that's recent. What about the MVPs and the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship games? Listen, listen, your wife can treat you great. If she treats you bad for a month, that's what you're living in. That's your reality. The reality now is Green Bay feels ignored and manipulated and marginalized for the last eight to nine weeks. Can They're Aaron mend that? Can he fix that now while he's still on his way out? You can fix anything. Everything's fixable. But right now, Green Bay leverage, toy, make Aaron wait. It's a plan.
Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, 7 days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Jason Light, smart guy, runs the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know, they look like they're in no man's land today. Brady's retired. They don't have an offensive coach. They don't have a quarterback. Baker Mayfield, I guess, is it, although it looks like a backup role uh, or backup contract. So here's Jason Light talking about the Buccaneers going all in. If I go back in time, I would do it all again. We, um, we, we, we pushed. We borrowed about $100 million against this year's cap and future cap. Um, to do what we did, um, came close a second time, but you know, if anybody, um, wants to criticize what they did, they can come to any of our three homes and look at our ring. So, um, we're happy about that. Listen, so, and we're going to pursue another one too. Listen, they've rare, they're an irrelevant franchise by and large, weird at quarterback, never consistent in their, the gap between their 18 Super Bowls, they got the two playoff games and lost both. So the Buccaneers are a small market, sort of a loose, small pirate ship of a franchise, mostly forgettable. So for them to go all in, I completely, absolutely buy into. I think it was the right thing to do. They may not win another Super Bowl for 18 years unless they get Kayla Williams from USC, but that's okay. That's the franchise they are. It's not an iconic brand. It's not Duke, Yankees, Packers, Niners, Steelers. It's not. Um, You know... The Rams decided to go all in, too, and they may be better. In fact, they will be better this year than Tampa. But I don't, I'm don't. i interested to see how that plays out. USC's football stadium got very empty very quickly. This is a not a one-horse town like Tampa. I mean, the Rays draw flies, so it's basically a one-horse town with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and the Rays are over in St. Pete, so a lot of people won't drive over the 
the bridge to get there. So it's Tampa's really big show in town. LA's different. You got to be good. The Dodgers are always good. Lincoln Riley. You got the Lakers and the Clippers. You got pro soccer teams, NHL. Uh, I think the Bucks are fascinating. They went all in in a very distracted town that forgets about you very quickly. So the Rams going all in. I get it. I think they're happy with it. And I do think if Stafford plays this year and is upright, they're going to vie for a playoff. But uh, Tampa, I will defend to the very end about going for it. That franchise has never been relevant. You absolutely go for it. If you're the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, go for it. You're not as big as the Giants. You're not as big as the Yankees. You're not as iconic as the Knicks. You go for it. Tampa goes for it. Carolina, go for it. Rams, a little dicier proposition. I think they'll rebound, but if they don't, people forget about you in this city very quickly. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Mark Slareth, we never forget about him. Three rings, multiple-time Pro Bowler. So you're in Denver. Uh, I was talking to a friend a couple days ago, and I said the one team in the league, you know free agency, about 35% of them hit, about 65% don't. The one team I absolutely know will be better is Denver. I thought, as a former offensive lineman, I th- I think they've done a good job. How's it landing in Denver? Oh, I think it's uh, in Denver right now. People are pretty excited about it. And I think, you know, one of the texters to my radio show texted this in, so I can't take credit for it, but he was 100% right. The Denver Broncos have spent a quarter of a billion dollars to overcome the quarter of a billion dollar mistake they made last year. It's all about mitigating Russell Wilson and not making Russell Wilson win the game for you. It's getting back to what Russell Wilson does well. It's controlling the line of scrimmage. It's running the ball. It's using multiple tight end sets. It's having a real-life fullback. It's about football players. And anytime you talk to Sean Payton and you meet with Sean Payton, he'll sit there and say, man, I like this football player, this football player, this football player. It's not about athletes. And I think one of the things that Sean Payton did was a real evaluation of this roster, like a real football coach evaluation of the roster. And where a lot of people were saying over the last couple of years, oh, this roster is really good. They're only a quarterback away. They're just a quarterback away. I was saying, hey, listen, they've gone after athletes. They haven't gone after football players. And there is a big difference in my mind, Colin. Football is easy for football players. It's really difficult for athletes. And I think that's why you look at the trading block right now. You look at all the receivers on the Broncos like receiving core. All of them are up for trade right now. He is trying to move pieces. He is trying to get real-life football players to slow this game down, to condense this game, take some of that pressure off of Russell Wilson. So the the Jets-Green Bay situation is interesting. Aaron's good. He's polarizing, so it's been dominating our show, perhaps not as much today. Um, I, you know, for years and years, there was this sense that if you were um, the union leader on your team, uh, it was not good for your career. That the owners had a long memory and many good players, Kevin Mawai, a lot of good guys that were union leaders, suddenly didn't get the contract offers. And so, you know, never forget who runs the league. It's the Shield. It's the owners. So Green Bay's got the leverage with the Jets, and they're in absolutely, apparently, no hurry to make a move. Do you think, deep down, they feel marginalized and manipulated the last two years, and they're doing this for a reason? They don't have to hurry, and they're going to make Aaron suffer a little. 
Uh, I don't know that they want to make him suffer, but they definitely want to try to maximize the value. So then you have to ask yourself, what is the value? What is the value in regards to draft picks and potential compensation from that standpoint versus the value of just getting that number off your salary cap? And so, you know, I think the Jets are playing that game like, hey, dudes, you can't carry that number on your salary cap. So eventually you've got to make a deal with us. And we're not going to give you the capital that maybe the Broncos gave a 34-year-old quarterback in Russell Wilson last year. I think 33 at the time, turned 34. But, you know, Rogers about to turn 40. So I think there's that that game of chicken that's being played right now. I think eventually they'll, you know, they'll figure out what that fair compensation is. But I just don't think it's the same market from a compensation standpoint in regards to draft picks and players than it was last year for a younger quarterback in Wilson, even though Aaron Rodgers is far more accomplished. If if you were the Packers, I'm the Jets, what would you demand? What do you think is fair value for Aaron? You're the GM of the Packers. I, I just don't think you're going to get multiple first-round picks. I think a first-round pick, you know, maybe a, a player to be named, maybe a third-rounder to go with it, I, like that to me feels... Like, that's fair compensation. So I just don't think it's multiple picks for a guy that maybe plays one, maybe two years more. I, I, so, listen, I'm, for, I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I think the Jets are a good, young football team. I love Robert Sala, their head coach. I think he gets the most out of his players. They've got a great defense, and they've got some good, young, offensive, talented players. And so I look at this, you push it into the middle, you, you do what Tampa Bay did. You go out there and you see if you can't win a Super Bowl. Um, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a fair expectation to either compete for that division title or at least be a wild card team and get yourself in this playoffs. But the bottom line is uh, I just think from a compensation standpoint, they're not going to get the hole that maybe Seattle got from Denver last year. Lamar Jackson, um, if you look at his last 34 starts, he scored two touchdowns per game, 61, and he's 24 and 12. Uh, that's the last 36. So uh, maybe it was 20, whatever the number was. He, he wins two out of three games. Um, yeah. I, in a division with Joe Burrow and the always consistent Steelers and Deshaun Watson, I would re-sign him. Um but it doesn't – I mean, Baltimore is basically saying, kid, go to the market. Get an offer. We don't think there's going to be a bidding war. What if there is no bidding war? Um, I mean, I'll just ask you, what would you do, GM of the Ravens? What would you do? Well, I think they're playing it. The Ravens are playing it exceptionally well. They're saying, go out there, see what's out there. You know, if you can get a big-time contract, at least we're going to get compensated for it. But we don't believe the market for you – is what you think the market is for you. Now, one thing I do know, you know, the latest report was a three-year fully guaranteed contract um, at uh, $133 million, I believe, like 44 and change a year, right? Let me tell you what never happens. Players don't release information and agents don't release information on contracts that they're not planning to sign. So there's always, whenever I hear those numbers, I always say, okay, but what else? Like, what are we not hearing? So what are the, what are the you know, what's the fine print say toward the end of that contract or the end? Is there, there added years? What, what else is going on that we're not getting? Uh, are there options on that? So I don't know exactly what that is, but I think the Baltimore Ravens are basically saying, hey, man, you know, you've got to understand that the style with which you play 
has proven not to be a style in which you can stay healthy. The last two years, he's played 12 games each year in a 17-game season. Um, I'm no mathematician, but that's missing five games. And listen, I, I look at that style and say, until you can prove that that style can win us a championship and that you can stay healthy with that heavy run quarterback run offense, um, we're just not going to reward you with one of those Deshaun Watson deals. Not that anybody's going to write another Deshaun Watson deal. I mean, for crying out loud, I think everybody's ticked off at uh, Jimmy Haslam for, for writing that deal. So, and then that's the other thing, Jimmy, like at some point when you're a billionaire, don't you change your name from Jimmy to James? Yeah, I think you do. Grow up a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Uh, just grow up a little bit and quit, quit giving off those contracts. But the bottom line, I don't think any owner is going to play that game. Um, and I think they're all pissed off at Jimmy Haslam. Mark Schlereth, multiple rings, uh, multiple Pro Bowls. He's stopping by in Denver. Go to good. I think Chicago's helped themselves and the Broncos and the AFC have helped themselves noticeably. Yeah. It's good seeing you, Mark. You too, Colin. Take care, buddy. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.